This episode is brought to you in part by Wholehearted Love, a new book by Caleb and Stephanie Rouse. Overcome the barriers that hold you back in your relationships with God and with others and delight in feeling safe, seen, and loved with Wholehearted Love. For more information, go to Tyndale.com. Hey friends, welcome to the Grace Enough podcast. I am your host, Amber Cullum. Each episode, I sit down with a guest to discuss their life journey and how the grace of God has impacted them along the way. After listening to today's episode, I hope you are encouraged that God can use you right now in the midst of your day-to-day life. Yes, it requires daily surrender and trust, but we must remember His grace is enough. Today's conversation is with Nikki Spear, the founder of Redefine Courage Foundation. We discuss her journey as a previvor of breast cancer. We discuss her foundation and how it helped her and her family grieve the loss of her mother. We also talk about rebellion and how God draws us back to himself during various seasons of life. Her dream is to gift every woman facing breast cancer surgery a free post-op shirt so they experience hope and courage in the face of challenge. Listen to what she has to say. I have been on my knees for the last three years of just saying, Lord, this is your thing. You called me to it. You make it what it's supposed to be. Don't let me try to make it something it's not. I want to bless women. I believe after listening to today's conversation, you will be encouraged that God truly redeems the broken places in our life when we surrender to him. Hi, Nikki. Welcome to the Grace Enough podcast. It's great to have you on the show. Thank you for having me, Amber. Will you take a few moments to introduce us to yourself and your family and what you do? I am Nikki Spear, and I am the wife of Jared, and we have been married almost 15 years in February. Uh, We have Colin, who's 16, Savannah, who is 12, and Emma, who is 11, and I am the founder and vice president of Redefine Courage Foundation. So you're the founder of Redefine Courage, which is an organization, or shall I say a ministry, that gives post-op shirts to women after their breast cancer surgery. I know there's a lot more to that, but will you go back to how the whole thing began, which really begins with your own personal salvation story. Take us back to when that all started. I guess really I was saved when I was 13 in a Pentecostal church that um, I just adored. I adored the people. They were amazing. I just had such a wonderful experience, just really started to learn about the Lord. At that time, I didn't know that my parents were kind of on the verge of getting a divorce. With that, I kind of started to fall away saying, Lord, I just met you like you're supposed to be here for me like this is supposed to work out. And we eventually ended up moving so that my parents could work out their marriage, which is a blessing. But as a 14 year old young girl who had accepted Jesus just a year prior, now going into ninth grade at a high school where I knew no one and kind of angry with my parents. Let's just put that out there. Um, So anger coupled with teenage emotions, I 
decided that I was just going to rebel, basically just, you know, I'll do what my parents asked me to an extent, and then I'm just going to go my own way. When I was 19, I found out that my aunt, one of my mom's sisters was diagnosed with breast cancer. And at 19, you know, kind of living my own way, doing my own thing. It bothered me in a sense of that's really sad, but I didn't necessarily understand it. Um, like I would grow to understand it in the years to come. So uh, really just, I guess you would say, living for the world, pregnant when I was 19, I miscarried that baby, then continued to just live in the world. I ended up getting pregnant with my son that I have now at the age of 22. And that was just a long, hard road for me. But that is the road that actually led me back to following Christ. And with all of that, my aunt was then another aunt. My mom's youngest sister was diagnosed with breast cancer. And then my grandmother, a couple years later, was diagnosed. And then my mom in 2006 was diagnosed with breast cancer. Wow. And I know in a previous conversation, you and I had shared on the MOPS panel that you were a part of that you really started growing closer to the Lord during the time when your mom was diagnosed. How did you grow closer to the Lord during that time? Or what did that process look like? Absolutely. It definitely was a process. When she told me in 2006, Colin was about five years old. I had just had Savannah, my middle daughter, and my world was kind of rocked, but I was, I have to be here for my family. I need to be strong. Like my mom's going to be okay. Everything's going to work out. And I guess it wasn't until, I mean, I really, I felt like I, you know, I stuck by the Lord. I prayed a lot. I even walked through my own pre-viver journey in 2010, but it was really when my mom went back for her five-year checkup, which is, you know, one of the ones that is such like a huge anniversary, really, of just overcoming, I guess you would say. And in our family, it was just a big deal. My aunt had gotten sick before that time, before her five year, my grandmother was getting sicker. And but I was like, you know, my mom's gonna, my mom's gonna beat this like that, that has to be God's plan, you know, and just really kind of standing firm in that. But when she went back to the doctor in 2011, they told her that her cancer had returned. Okay, so wait a minute. At this time, you have your mom, her sister, and your grandmother, all three still alive battling breast cancer? Yes, ma'am. Wow. And all of you, did you all live in the same area at that time? My grandmother and my mom were close to me in Syracuse, New York, where we lived. My Aunt Catherine was in England. She had married a man and they moved there. Uh, he was a diplomat for the United Kingdom. And so they were there. And so she was far from us, um, obviously spoke with her and loved her. She's an amazing, faith-filled woman. My grandmother as well. My other aunt is actually a 25 or six-year survivor at this point. Um, and so such an amazing blessing with that as well. And that's my godmother, my Aunt Sue, who I adore. Um, but my Aunt Catherine and my grandmother, yes, they were battling as well. And I think in 2011, I think when I shared on the panel, I said just about five or so years ago, I really came back to the Lord. And that's because in 2011, I decided to make some really, really bad choices as a mom and a wife. Um, just decided that I... I didn't want to do this thing called life the way that I was supposed to, because at I guess at that point, I just, some of that teenager in me came out like, I'm just going to rebel. Lord, you said you were going to be here in this. Like you, you were going to make this new. And here we are again, like we're walking through all of this junk 
And, you know, my own pre-viver journey of having a surgery, walking through that recovery, your depression, um, you know, just different things that my own body was facing. Now watching my mom have to walk through this, I think I just was so angry. But the Lord has such an amazing way of drawing us back because at that point um, that my husband asked me to choose which life I was going to have whether I was going to be a wife and a mom or I was going to be out partying and be the young girl that I was acting like I was, um, he asked me to choose. And that's a pretty difficult conversation to have with your husband. Um, But I thank God for the man that he gave me, a young Christian himself, really. He um, has only really known the Lord for about 15 or 16 years. And um, he He proposed that to me and said, listen, I have a job opportunity and I want to take it. I've gone back to school. Um, You've been through some hard things. Your family's been through some hard things, but I think this might be the best thing for us. And I really wanted to dig my heels in, but I knew this was the opportunity, knowing how much I really did love the Lord, knowing how much I knew he loved me and taking that time out and saying, hold up, let me let me think about this there's a better way, like living angry like this and wanting to live again like the world. It never brought me anything, you know, some really hard, bad decisions and a beautiful young boy that I have now who's a teenager. I'm grateful for him. And just, again, seeing God's grace and mercy in my story, looking back and being grateful for certain things. We took the job opportunity and we left when my mom was actually going through another surgery. Um, Our house did not sell in New York and we were going kind of for a, a pay cut, but we were, I believe the Lord brought us on that journey for healing. He brought us to Mississippi in 2012 or the beginning of 2013. And we, we journeyed and it was just us two having to really fight it out and really come to know who each other was. And I'm so, so grateful for that time. I would say it was such an amazing healing bomb for our marriage. Well, and I just want to make sure that I have it correct that By the time you moved to Mississippi, your mom is in her second round of breast cancer. And you at this point are a previvor. You've already had your complete mastectomy and have survived that, gone through the rebellious phase and moved down to Mississippi. So how did you communicate back and forth with your mom? Did you go back and forth often or, you know, how much longer? Because I know you eventually received the news that she was not going to win this battle. Well, at that point, um, when we lived in Mississippi, my mom did come down and visit us between treatments. Uh, We, of course, I talked to my mom on the phone every day. She was really my best friend. My mom has seen me through uh, many, many a trial and always said, come on back home, girl. Like, we can work this out. She is just, um, as the years progressed, my mom really became very, very close to the Lord and someone that um, I hope I emulate in my life of just the way she loved and lived out her walk with the Lord. And so um, little did I know she was praying we'd move closer to home. And um, instead of being 22 hours away in Mississippi, after a year and a half, we moved to North Carolina. At that point, the doctors had basically said, you know, all these years in her cancer, I saw 2011, she was diagnosed again, but uh I think maybe for a year or so she was in remission, but after radiation and some different treatments, there were spots that came onto my mom's um, skin, which was actually breast cancer on top of her derma. So her skin was actually 
I guess in the only way I can really describe it and what I saw was that cancer was eating her alive on the outside. So my mom had to be wrapped every single day with bandages and so on and so forth. So not only was she in pain, um, which she never let on that she was, but she was in pain. She was really battling a battle that was outside of her body. I've never seen anything like it before. Uh, So I did in that time, I was able to travel back and forth because we were much closer. And it was a little bit of an easier transition. My kids were a little bit older. Jared had a decent job that allowed me to come back home. And so it was about October 2015 that mom decided I'm no longer doing chemotherapy to keep me alive. This is not a life I want. And I think my day to day from there was clinging, (laughs) clinging to, to Jesus. And so how much longer did she survive before she went to be with Jesus? It was 77 days from the day that she decided to stop chemotherapy. You know, hospice took place and all of those certain things um, happened. And I was so grateful to be able to go October, November, and then I stayed through December to actually pack my daddy up and move him here with us so he wouldn't be alone. So yes, I was able to be with my mom when she took her last breath and she met the Lord. Your dad moved in with you. Yes. Now, is he still living and with you? He's still living and with me. He is 10 years older than my mom, so he's 76. But um, in three weeks from now, he'll be in his own apartment. So, um, Oh, my goodness. Very, very exciting news for us because when daddy came here, he was very broken grief-stricken, not doing well at all, because sometimes when you're a caregiver, you don't care for yourself. Um, But we were able to have dinner every night together and share and love on him and pray for him. And just uh, what an answer to prayer to see the Lord move him. His word for this year was transformation. And God definitely did that. And what an example, a biblical example of just really loving and honoring your parents when it's not always the easiest thing to have people in your space, even when it is your family. So that's an amazing example. When did the vision for Redefine Courage come? When did you first feel like the Lord really was leading you in the direction of post-op shirts? I went to the mall with my mom. She said, I'm not going to do chemo anymore. And I said, well, I'm going to come visit you. I just want to spend some time with you. So when I got there, she's like, let's go to the mall. I really knew she wasn't up for it, but she just, she wanted to get out of the house. She wanted to do something fun. She really actually wanted to look for clothes that would fit this body that she had. She had gone through three surgeries and now she had no breasts and a chemo belly and bigger arms. Um, Like I said, she was wrapped. And that day, after we were together and we walked out of the mall and she had no clothes to wear. And she was like, Nikki, I just don't feel like a woman. I don't, I don't feel beautiful. And I said, mom, I'll design clothing for you to wear. And it came out of my mouth, but I didn't really know what I was saying. So I really had no business saying it. Like I've shared with other people, like I love to spend money and I love clothes. So (laughs) Those two things together are super fun, but they don't like help you design clothing. So anyway, with all of that, um, I was in the airport on the way home from New York to North Carolina, and I was sitting in the chair and just felt the Lord say, draw a shirt. And I'm looking around like, ah, this. Okay, so you've never drawn before, or did you at least have some 
because I mean, girl, I, I can't even draw a stick figure very well. <laughs> oh, my draw. This was ridiculous. I always <laughs> carry like um, pencil and like a little post-it note just in case I have a thought or something comes to me. Like I love to write and read and research different things. So I'm like, oh, if I ever see anything, I write it down. And I'm like, I knew it was me. Like I could feel it in my spirit. Like this is, I'm supposed to do this. So I take my little post-it note and I draw this crazy, ugly sketch of a shirt. And I, the shirt was a post-op shirt because I knew what that was like. That really mainly, most times, not mainly, but most times women have a surgery and then go through their treatment. So I guess in my mind, I just drew something down that would be like, that would be the beginning of a journey. That would be the first shirt that a woman would need in this particular clothing line that I told my mom I would design for <laughs> for her and obviously women like her. So I drew that day a shirt and I got home, I got off the plane and I told my husband, this is what the Lord told me to do. And he said, okay, you've had lots of dreams before Nikki and let's, you know, let's just see what happens. Kind of like, uh, what's going to happen here? <laughs> because I'm, Let's just put it out there. I'm kind of a dreamer. I'm a hard worker, um, but definitely. Hey, girl, we need dreamers. Definitely a dreamer over here. So if you have an idea, I'm your girl. Anyway, I started to call literally every person I knew. Like right away. Like right away. I had no idea what I was doing. And every night at dinner, we would sit down and I would say, guys, I need your help. We've got to come up with a name. I've prayed about this. I've done this. What about this scripture? What about this? What? It, and I brought my whole family into it and it helped my, I feel really like it helped all of us heal as we were talking and thinking about this and sharing about it. We were bringing people into our circle and our family was praying about it. And man, I tell you, mom never got to see what that oh, I was gonna ask looked that. like. Yeah, she never, um, you know, I told her mom, I drew this shirt. And she's like, that's amazing. You know, like super excited for me, because of course, why wouldn't she be? And again, at that time, her mind was slowly starting to go and things just weren't the same. And so it wasn't something that I necessarily I would have loved to share more with her. But I believe the Lord gave it to me for all of the women that we've blessed and we'll, we'll continue to bless with the shirts. So your first shirt that you made was a post-op shirt that has pockets on the inside for, is it six drains? Is that what's typical? Four drains. Tip, typically four, a lot of times now I'm seeing women are coming home with two, but typically four drains. So we made four drain pockets inside. And so how did you end up getting this sketch out into the world. I mean, you said you called everybody, but I mean, if you've never drawn before, and yeah. we were talking about this earlier before we started recording, it's like, um, no, I don't have any experience with this, but the Lord <laughs> called me to do it. And so if you didn't draw, and I mean, I'm assuming that means you didn't sew either. I did not sew either. Okay. So tell me, how did that, I mean, you drew this picture and then what? I drew this picture and then I was like, I guess I should probably go get fabric and maybe find someone that can sew. And at this point, I love it. Um, a really cool God story is that I was working at Crossroads Fellowship as a administrative assistant and my mom had passed. And what's so amazing is that the women there took over my job. They literally did my job because from November like 15th until December 10th, I was in New York. 
I was by my mom's bedside. I get back, it's January, and I see this piece of note paper with a Bible study on it. It says, would you like to be a part of our afternoon Bible study? And what was so amazing is that I said yes, but also that going through my mom's books, she had that same Bible study. And I, I can't think of it right now because times and, and all of that kind of blur. I wish I could think of the name of it. But it was so cool that I got to go through my mom's book with all of her highlights and her notes and all of that with these women that prayed with me over me for this situation, along with all the other things we prayed for in the group. And then this one would say, I know someone who sews. So I got in touch with her. You should buy this fabric. Okay, I'll buy this fabric. She she designs a shirt. I have my first prototype. I mean, we get a woman from Crossroads who I absolutely adore, who was actually going through treatment at that time. And she said, yes, I'll be a part of this. I mean, it was like every person I talked to said yes. Yes, I'll help you. Yes, let's do this. Yes, I'll do that. Now, don't get me wrong that this is not a just go start something and everyone's going to say yes, because as time has gone on, there's been a lot of no's and a lot of really, I don't know about that or no, that's not going to fit with what we're doing or everyone, everyone supports breast cancer. So I have gotten a lot of things like that where really I have been on my knees for the last three years of just saying, Lord, this is your thing. You called me to it. You make it what it's supposed to be. Don't let me try to make it something it's not. I want to bless women. We did start as a business, though, for two and a half years. I feel like I kind of disobeyed the Lord a little bit. So I'm like, I have this idea. Let's start a business. <laughs> but it's not always that. And he really uh, changed my heart to what he's always asked me to do. And that is to give these shirts away for free. And so now we are a foundation. And that is exactly what we do. And that transition happened within the last six months or so. Is that correct? Yes. Yes, ma'am. How does someone go about getting a free post-op shirt? They would just go to Redefine Courage slash free post-op shirt. If you punched in free post-op shirt in Google, it would probably come up. And you would just come to the site. You would let us know your surgery date, your name, your email, and you will get a free code sent to you. At that time, you can go on the shop and you will get the shirt for free. You can pick out your size and the color and we will ship it to you. And everything is completely free. There's no shipping costs. There's no shirt costs. And we're only able to do that by very generous donors and business people and people that we try to connect with and contact every day because it's very important to us that no woman ever pays for a shirt. With these shirts, like who manufactures them now? Because I know, I mean, the quantity is certainly increased. Yes, ma'am. So we found an amazing manufacturer. The only manufacturer in all of the United States that contacted me back was right here in North Carolina. Miss Ellen and Miss Geraldine have been so amazing. And they are in Rocky Mount, North Carolina with Carolina Cut and Sew. And so that organization helps us as of now. Um, As we grow, I don't know what that will look like. I'm sure there's many changes coming down the pike for us as uh, we we amp up the numbers and uh, the quantity and so on and so forth. But right now we do produce in North Carolina. And how many would you say, if if it's only been like the last six months, how many do you think that you've given away so far? Because I know it's a grassroots organic ministry. Yes. So we have probably given away for free, probably over 40 shirts at this point for free. 
and various places around the country? Or has it been a lot of in North Carolina and just slowly growing its way outward? It's all over the United States. We have been as far as California. And actually, just in the last month, we have sent one to Germany and one to Australia. Very proud to say that we've done that as my dream, which is... (laughs) Of course, a dreamer would have this dream is that every woman in the world would go home with a post-op shirt after a surgery. That it would be a gift uh, given to every woman. And we are slowly but surely on our way to seeing, uh, seeing this dream fulfilled. I believe the Lord would have every woman feel loved at that point in their journey, leaving the hospital to say, hey, thanks. Thanks for trusting us with your body. Thanks for using this hospital. Here is this gift for you to be used. As I was listening to you talk about those early days and how everything just really seemed to be yes, yes, yes. You know, I refer to those definitely as God moments. I think you referred to it as a God story. But it is those moments when I feel like when I'm discouraged, or I'm starting to get the nose that I can look back and say, but I remember these early days, Lord, that there was no doubt in my mind that this was what you were calling me to. And so it's that slow and long obedience over time that gets us to this place. Do you find yourself looking back and remembering those family conversations around the table, the dreams, the reason why you do this? You know, what really keeps you motivated to go forward? You know, that is an absolutely great question. Yes. I think every day that I wake up, even just today, I woke up and spent some time with the Lord and then I didn't even eat till my dad came up and said, Nikki, like you haven't even eaten lunch yet. You know, you need to eat. And I'm not trying to be a martyr. What I'm saying is it, it motivates me so much. Like I'm like, I'm going to cry now. Um, It motivates me so much that we can help others, you know, for the Lord in honor of my mom I always think of those times. I think of all the names written on my prayer wall of the women that we've touched, whether that's been a shirt or just people emailing me, asking me to pray for them or someone sending a donation, just a random person saying like, I believe in what you do. And every day something like that happens. And so, yes, there's, there's always a reminder of that. I mean, walking into my home office, seeing the shirts, being reminded, having women like yourself ask me to be on podcasts and I'm able to share my story. You know, other people wanting to interview me or whatever that looks like. I'm always looking back and saying like, thank you, Lord, because without him, I really wouldn't be here anyway. I'm just... I'm just a simple girl who said yes to God. I'm not this creative being where I went to school for anything. I'm just, I just simply said, God, like, I'll do it. You told me to do it. You asked me to do it. I'm here. And, and like I said, I've made mistakes. I've, I've lost tons of money because I, you know, bought all this fabric and it really wasn't the right thing, or I've done this certain thing, but it's all his anyway, and he'll redeem all of that. And I think it's, it's the phone calls and the women and the people and the families um, that we get to touch that keeps me in this humble place of saying like, Lord, whatever it is you have for me, I'll remember and I'll continue to do what you have for me. Just one step in front of the other until he calls you to do something differently. Mm -hmm. 
What are the things that you're doing now to continue to bring awareness of the company? I mean, what does that look like? Because I know it's got to be so busy when you're trying to just reach out into the community. Do you have fundraisers? Are you meeting a lot with companies to ask them for their support? And what does your day-to-day life look like now as you are continuing to try to grow this? My day-to-day life is really just that, you know, reaching out to different people, to different businesses, um, businesses that have a lot of legs in different states, you know, because this isn't just a North Carolina thing. We are literally reaching people all the way to California, all the way down to Miami. You know, I think that it's what I'm doing. I get on the web and I just look for companies that want to give back. That's what we're about, and that's the kind of people we want to partner with. I look for women that want to blog, people that have overcome something, not necessarily breast cancer, but really any battle or fight. I think we've all been through something, and to, like you spoke about, seeing the redemptive power in those things is very encouraging as you're walking through something that that seems very hard. And listen, my mom had metastatic breast cancer we knew all in all that there really is no cure. Our faith is in the Lord. So we are we are grateful for that. And there's a lot of people fighting to get some answers for this because there's a lot of women dying. Um, but in that, I still feel like we can bring encouragement, we can bring love and hope to women out there, you know, with what we're doing. I've been invited to be a part of a uh, group author uh, collaborative book about um, cancer having a silver lining. And so that is something new that I'm just sharing tonight, which is exciting. And so, you know, very honored to be a part of that and uh, reaching out to different conference event planners, wanting to share my story on stage so that business owners and people will say, yes, we that that's something we want to partner with. Like We want to bring awareness to action. And that's who Redefine Courage is. We know there's a lot of awareness about breast cancer. A lot of us have been touched by it. A lot of family members, friends, so on. Um, I just, I want to bring the action to it of the love piece to say, hey, we're thinking about you. We love you. And now we want to bring some hope. And um, that's that's who we are. And that's what I'm continuing to do each day. Well, Nikki, I love what you've done. And I love your passion. And more than anything, I love the way the Lord does use ordinary people to do extraordinary things. He does it time and time again, and he does it in his word. It's so evident when I hear people say things like, I can't do that. I often think, no, none of us can do it. We can only do it (laughs) with the strength or the favor of the Lord. And so thank you so much for sharing. Towards the end of the show, I always ask a few questions. What is an area of your life where you feel that you've really had to cling to God's grace? And I know it's probably the battle that you watched your mom go through, but is there another kind of arm or leg to that that you could share with us? I definitely think the next biggest thing is is my marriage and the way that my husband loved me through a really dark time in our marriage really, really feel the hand of God and his grace on that. Um, It could have gone a very different way, um, but the Lord knew how much I needed this man of character and strength and dignity and integrity. And he knew I would need that in this time in my life as well, walking through something so big as starting a foundation and, you know, being there for other people. And so I would say 100 percent my marriage and the grace that uh, the Lord has given me, my husband has shown me 
definitely a redemptive story there and just grateful for that. Well, and then what's an area of your life where you feel like you need to pour out, you know, that same grace that God has given you? I would definitely say family. I'm raising teenagers <laughs> and um, it, it. I'm raising a three-nager. Does that count? <laughs> It all counts, girl. It all counts. It's, you know, I think that you really have to be available and show that love and grace when they want to speak to you, when they're going through a hard thing. And it doesn't even matter what you've gone through that day because they probably won't ask you anyway, which is fine. That's why we have our relationship with the Lord. But I just feel like that's where I need to pour out more of my grace. Cause sometimes I think as a mom and a business owner, you know, you pour your heart and soul into this thing that moves you and, and drives you. And sometimes, you know, you could almost feel like, don't bother me. Like I'm, I'm busy. Like I have so much to do. And the Lord has really worked a lot of that out in me, but I know each day I could, I could give more grace to my husband, more grace to my children and, and my dad who lives with me. Amen, sister, to all of those things. I think most mothers and wives in the world can definitely say we can extend <laughs> a little more grace. Um, so if you were able to sit down with your great-grandchildren and just give them some wisdom, what's something that you would want them to know? I would definitely want them to know that God is amazing. I hope that we that trickles down through our family. But also, you know, just want them to know, like, have fun live life, say yes, do the hard things, do the fun things, you know, love others. Um, I hope that they see that in their, their parents, my children that I'm raising now, I hope that they see a giving heart, a loving heart, honesty, and character. I think those things are, are uber important nowadays, always have been, always will be. And, and um, I hope that they, they know that they were loved and prayed for before they were, they were even here. Well, where can we find you on all the social media? Where can we find Redefine Courage? You can find us on Instagram. You can find us on Facebook, both at Redefine Courage. On Pinterest, uh, we are Redefined by Him. And on Twitter, we're Spear5Nicole. I didn't do that whole Redefine Courage thing on Twitter. I wish I wish I did, but um, we're Spear5Nicole. And so you can really find us um, wherever you're looking. We will, we will be there. And um, we have a blog on our website as well that we try to write about once a month to just encourage and love on women. So that's, that's where you can find us. Awesome. And your website is redefinecourage.com, correct? Yes, ma'am. All right. And anybody who may be listening, if you know someone who's getting ready to have surgery, please send them over that way because they can register to receive a free post-op shirt. Nikki, thank you so much for being with us today. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Amber. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to episode two of four release this week. Be sure to check out the show notes for links and resources at graceenoughpodcast.com. Be sure to head over to Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you listen to podcasts and subscribe. Clicking that subscribe button helps to make sure you never miss a new episode of the podcast. If you share the show on social media, be sure to use the hashtag graceenoughpodcast. Or tag me at graceenoughpodcast underscore Amber on Instagram and Facebook. Thank you for listening to the Grace Enough Podcast. Tune in next time.